All right, so we're going to be finishing up chapter 23 of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there. Um, so what's been, what's been happening right now in Matthew? Like, do you, I don't know if you guys feel it or not, but we're at a, a, a climax in the Matthew story of Jesus. Okay, we're literally, we're at this, like, we're at the pinnacle of, of a, a, a tipping point. And there's, it's, it might not feel it because we've been going for like, you know, it, we break it up into weeks and so we, it's only every, every week that we get to hear it. But, but we really are, there's this culmination of, of energy that's happening and Jesus is finishing up his, his speech to the Pharisees, right? Where, where are they at? Where's Jesus at right now? Does anyone know? No, we don't know. Jerusalem is a good guess. Um, they're, they're in Jerusalem. That's a good guess, yeah. Where in Jerusalem are they? They're in the temple. That's right, John. Thank you. They're in the temple. So, so Jesus shows up to Jerusalem, not like he shows up to any other city, right? He comes in, in chapter 21. This is really like one section here, chapter 21 through 24. The, 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 Jesus shows up, he comes in, he's coronated as a king. Like there's a, right, like people are singing to him, they're laying their cloaks down so that the donkey he's riding can walk across. There's palm branches and people are saying, they're shouting at him. What are they, what are they shouting at him? Hosanna, yeah, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is interesting because it's a quote from Psalm 118. What they're yelling at him is a quote from Psalm 118. And Jesus, in today's passage, is going to use that same exact quote that they were yelling at him. But he's going to use it against the Pharisees. So let's read, and then we'll talk more in depth about it. Starting in verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus left the temple and was going, on, uh, going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all of these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So Jesus is finishing his speech. We see him in this first part, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This is, uh, he's, he's just given the seven woes, right? It took us a couple weeks to get through the seven woes. But he's given the seven woes to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the reason for that, what, what, does anyone remember what started Jesus' like, rant against them? What started Jesus' like, this big, long speech where he indicts them? Does anyone remember? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jesus shows up to, the, to Jerusalem. The first place he goes is right to the temple right to the temple to worship, him and his disciples. And he gets there, 
and he's immediately confronted. They ask him, they challenge him on his authority. Then while he's teaching, they go away, and they come back in groups. So the Pharisees come and test him. Then the Sadducees come and test him. The Herodians are there. So he's, he's facing it from like all sides. He's getting it. And they're not just trying to come at him and put him down. They're also competing against one another. So like the Sadducees are coming at him and they're questioning him, but they're also trying to get like one up on the Pharisees. It's this giant mess in the, in the, in the temple, right? This giant mess in the temple. And so Jesus goes off. <laughs> he goes off. And he, he gives the seven woes. One of the things that Austin said last week that really stuck with me, it's something I meditated on like all week, was that uh, Austin said, the higher virtues of the law are all lived out in community. The higher virtues of the law are all lived out in community. That's something Jesus was talking about, that they only understood the superficial aspects of the law, the, the ones that pertain to them and what they did, but they didn't know any of the virtues that, that led to community, uh, participating in mercy and justice. And so Jesus gets here to this, after he finishes the seven woes, he ends with this lament. He ends with this lament, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. This is Jesus at his most prophetic, right? He's, he's speaking in poetry, um, and he's using this colorful language, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets, and stones those who are sent to it. So he's condemning not just the, the temple and the people in the temple, but now he's condemning all of Jerusalem. He says, this is a city that historically has killed the prophets, right? The people that have been sent to it have been murdered in stone, and this is a city that's going to continue to do that. It's not a good indictment on this city. And then he says, this is really interesting. This is where we're going to spend most of our time. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing? So I'm going to tell a story real quick, uh, and, uh, and it's a little traumatic. When I was like 8 or 10, something around there, right, my aunt took us to go see the new ducks. There were like ducks that had just been born, in the city, and so we, John knows this story probably, but we, we went to go see these ducks and feed them. We wanted to feed all the baby ducks. So my sisters and I went with my aunt, we got a loaf of bread, we went down there, we started feeding these ducks. And the, the ducks were cute, there was like at least a hundred of them. There's so many baby ducks, and um, too many to keep track of. And we started feeding them, and the ducks spread out, because they all wanted the bread. So we're all feeding them, the ducks are having a good time, and then out of nowhere, the seagulls show up. And the seagulls, they don't want the bread. The seagulls start going after the baby ducks, the little cute baby ducks, right? And they're like, it gets, it's wild, yeah, yeah, it's traumatic. They're like throwing the baby ducks to each other in the air and like catching it. It was like horrid. It was uh, horrific as an eight-year-old. I was watching it and I knew this is going to stay with me forever. This is a horrible event that we should, we immediately knew we should stop throwing the bread, right? Because as we threw the bread, the baby ducks would spread farther out. And the most disturbing thing about it was to see the mama duck goose thing, bird thing, spread its wings as far as it could and try and gather the ducks, to try and provide as much protection as it could, and to watch the bird um, try and figure out 
who it was going to help and how it was going to help. And just watching the bird try and figure out, like, okay, I have four little baby ducks over here, but I got like 10 here. And so I'm going uh, to go over here and protect these ones. And it not being enough, not having enough coverage, not having enough, enough um, a wingspan to, to cover all of the little baby ducks, right, that it needed. And so they were just uh, getting slaughtered until we left. Um, it was not wonderful. But anyway, this is the way Jesus is talking to, the, to these guys, where he's saying like, oh, how I wanted to protect you, how I wanted to spread my wings out and provide coverage for you, how I wanted to bring you in as my brood, how I wanted to, 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 to huddle you together under, under my love and protection, and you were unwilling. He says, see, your house is left you desolate. That is, if that's not a condemnation, I don't know. What house is he talking about? What house is left desolate? The temple, that's right. See your house, he's saying, to the, to the people that run the temple, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the leaders of the religious establishment. Your house is empty. It's desolate. It's dead. It's, there's nothing here. It's vapid. He says, For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, this is something that is a little confusing to me because I, I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest with you. Um, but they've already, at least there's been a large group that's already said this to him, right? Like literally in chapter 21, he comes in to Jerusalem and they're shouting this at him. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, is what they're shouting at him. And Jesus tells the, the religious leaders, though, he, he finishes his long speech by saying, you will not see me again until you say this. Which is, I, I don't really know what to make of that, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know if he's saying, until you join in with the people that are saying this, or if he's saying, Jerusalem as a whole needs to say this. Um, it's, it's unclear, but I think it's of note to point out that Jesus, throughout the, his, even in the beginning of his tirade, has quoted um, Psalm 118 multiple times. It's like the third time he's quoted it. Then, Jesus left the temple and was going away. Um, his disciples came to him and pointed out the buildings of the temple. So this is really funny to me. So we just reached this climax where Jesus has shredded the Pharisees and he ends it by saying, like, I'm done with this. There's no more discussion. There's not going to be any more challenges in, in the chapter in Matthew, in the book of Matthew. This is like his last big interaction with these guys until they come to arrest them, right? And so Jesus, he, he, he shreds them and then he ends it with like, you're going to still continue to kill the prophets. And, and I'm lamenting over Jerusalem, and we're done. And then they walk away. And the disciples are like, hey, look, this building is really nice. <laughs> this building is really sweet. And it's just like, he just told them, their house is desolate. Their house is empty and, and 
like vapid. He's and they're the, these disciples. They're they're admiring the beauty of the temple, and Jesus explains to them. You see all of these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Does anyone know when the destruction of the temple happened? Well, the, the curtain got torn for sure, yes. The, the full destruction of the temple, yeah, that is interesting that the temple, that the, the curtain got torn. But the the destruction of the temple happens in 70 AD, which is like 35 years after this. Um, and why that's important is because, um, so in Hebrews, Hebrews is written just after the destruction of the temple. And one of the main, the, the, the main points of Hebrew are that Jesus is a better king and Jesus is a better high priest. Well, Jesus has just been hailed as the Messiah. He's been coordinated as the Messiah coming into the city. And he's been hailed as a king. One of the things he hasn't been hailed at is, is as his high priest. And I find that really interesting in this discourse that he's having with the Pharisees. Because I believe he's having it as a high priest. He's not having it as a, as a king. He's having it as a high priest. And he's challenging. He's not just criticizing the way that they do church or whatever, right? He's criticizing the entire establishment. He's questioning the need for the entire religious system. And, and as, as a king and as a high priest, challenging the, the, the systems of empire and of religion, these man-made systems, it's no wonder that these two systems come together and conspire to murder him, right? That these two systems that are being challenged, where he's claiming to be head of, that they're unwilling to let go of the power that they have. They're unwilling to let go of the authority that they have under the law. And Jesus is not having it. And he, he prophesies that this is going to happen, that the temple, their beautiful buildings are going to come down. Now, why is that important? Does anyone know? Why, why would it be so difficult for the Jews if the temple is destroyed? That's right. Yeah, this is where the Ark of the Covenant is. This is where the Holy of Holies is. This is where the high priest resides. And this is where the, the high priest goes in and once a year um, makes sacrifices for the whole of the people. If they don't have the temple, in fact, if you go back to the prophets, one of the things that um, in, in the prophetic books, one of the things that's argued about is, is the temple and whether there needs to be sacrifices held at the temple or not. Amos, the, the prophetic book of Amos his whole deal is like going to these people in, in the north and telling them they have to come and worship at Jerusalem because their temple isn't, isn't good enough. It's not what God's law is called for, right? There, there's, the importance of having the temple in Jerusalem can't be understated. And if it's destroyed, the, the basis for how to live out the entire Jewish faith is destroyed. How can they offer sacrifices? How can they worship? 
So in prophesying that this is going to happen is, is incredible. But I also think it points to something else, which is, <laughs> which is that the temple isn't needed for worship in the kingdom. The temple isn't needed for worship in the kingdom. That the building itself is of little use. And it can be beautiful and gorgeous and it can have stained glass windows. But if we're talking about community, if we're talking about building community, the building itself is, holds little value. It can be destroyed. It can go away. Right? The, the, the heart of the law is lived out in community. It's not in a building that we come to and worship in. The presence of God is not just uh, regulated to this sanctuary or a sanctuary that you go and worship in, but that the presence of God is everywhere. And I think that the destruction of the temple is one of the most important things um, to that we see to release the Jewish faith from that. Um, again, our, our uh, small group is studying in Hebrews, and so I'm like on a Hebrews kick right now. But, but um, Hebrews makes that super clear, super clear, that there's, that there's no need anymore for, for this building. The, 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 the system of religion has been completely demolished, and it's been replaced with just Christ as its head. And I think um, as we, I'm going to, we're going to move into the application part of this. I think for our church, this is tough because we don't kill prophets, thankfully. We don't stone messengers, thankfully. I don't know if y'all got rocks in your pockets, but we don't, we don't stone, we don't kill, uh, we don't kill our people. We don't, we don't, what Jesus is saying it doesn't seem like it has any correlation to anything to do with us. And yet, and yet I feel like it does. I feel like mm, for us, one of the things that we need to seek out and figure out as a church, as Church at East, is how it is that we do and practice religion and replace that with Jesus. We need to seek out how it is that we participate in a, a system of religion instead of worshiping Jesus. And I think it's something for all churches to, to work through. Um, but especially, I think, for us, one of the beautiful things is that we live in community outside of these walls. And, um, and we need to continue to do that. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We lament alongside of you how you've longed to gather us, 
how you've longed to protect us, to stretch out your wings, provide comfort and protection. We, we confess that we're not always willing. We also confess that at times we, like the disciples, are concerned with the beauty of the buildings, concerned with the outside of things, that we are less concerned about what happens inside and how we church. God, we ask that you fill this place and that the people that are committed to, to being here, Lord God, that you, you bless them. In this we pray, amen.